Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Uh, so good to be with us uh, this morning. As you can see, today is Sock Sunday, where hopefully you've been bringing some socks and we can give out to some people in our community. Uh, a great way for us to practically be the hands and feet of Jesus. And at the end of our service, we'll collect the socks there. Uh, we start a new series here at London Riverside Church called uh, Home for Christmas. And today is all about the gift of love. And uh, I've refrained from singing the song by Bill Crosby. Uh, I figured that Martin or Garen will do that later on when they're preaching. So I'll leave that honor to them. Uh, but Home for Christmas um, is based from the scripture from John chapter 1, verse 14, which says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. That's in the New International Version. The New, Tra- the new Living Translation says, So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. The idea being that God, through the person of Jesus Christ, came down to this world. So he basically made his home for Christmas on earth, and that by doing so, gave us different gifts that we can experience. And over the next couple of weeks, we are going to talk about that. Like I said, today is all about God's unconditional love. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it challenges us, inspires us, and equips us to be all that we are supposed to be. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So we read, uh, the word became flesh, or the word became human. And this is good news for us, because as Charles Ellicott says, man became a son of God because the son of God became man. Man, i.e. mankind, became a son or a child of God because the son of God became man. And this union between the infinite and the finite finite is beautiful uh, because in this unique moment in history, uh, Jesus took on the very likeness of mankind. He took on the person of uh, of, and the nature of what it means to be man, including our frailty, but included and kept his deity at the same time. So Jesus, both God and man, came and made his home among us. This beautiful phrase Uh, is echoed or echoes Ezekiel chapter 37 verse 27 where it says God saying my dwelling place will be with them I will be their God and they will be my people this idea that God wants to be with us this idea that God wants to stay with us this idea that God wants to be with us is all throughout the old testament into the new throughout all of time, this echo of God wanting to be with us, this relationship with us, where he wants to be close to us, where he wants to be in fellowship with us. Why? Because of his unfailing love. For all of history, God is speaking this truth. I want to be with you. I want to be close to you so we can experience what true life looks like. Verse 14 says this idea that he made his home among us. It was a display of true love. True love is unconditional, it's not earned, friends. True love is unconditional, it is not earned. For those of us who are parents in the room, the moment where you hold your child for the first time, where you, you look at their beautiful face and you look at their little fingers and you look down at them and there's this growing love that you have for them and they haven't done anything. They haven't said anything. They haven't spoken a word or achieved anything. They haven't done anything. They haven't 
accomplished anything in life apart from being there. And instantly, you and I know that that child you'll do anything for. You'll go anywhere for that child. You'll break bricks for that child. You'll beat up mythological creatures for that child. There's something about a newborn child where a parent displays their love for them. And it's the same thing that God does for us. You understand and you think to yourself, well, what are the, what are the, uh, the uh, benefits of experiencing unconditional love? Uh, well, there are many, from emotional support to healthy relationships to personal growth to mental health, resilience, forgiveness, building trust, this sense of belonging, empathy and compassion, promoting positive behavior. There are many things that unconditional love provides for us. And this idea the forgiveness that you are able to understand what that person has gone through, walked through, and so there's a, there's a, there's a better chance of you saying, I understand, I forgive you. That same thing which God has done for us. This idea where uh, unconditional love increases our emotional support, knowing that there are someone, there's someone around us who, despite what we're walking through or feeling, is going to be there in the moment with us. And that same thing is said and true about God's love for us. That what you are walking through, experiencing, you have God the Father who is there beside you, walking with you. See, unconditional love affects who we are, affects how we act and how we think. Unconditional love affects our very being. I heard a story about this man who had no interest in God, had no interest in Jesus. In fact, he would tell people quite happily when it came to Christmas or Easter that it's all a bunch of baloney. Don't ignore it. All those religious festivals means nothing. And it came to Christmas time, and his wife said, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to take the kids. And he said, ah, why? She said, oh, do you want to come? He said, no, 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 you, 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 you go off on your own. And so the family went, and he, he, in his mind, he had this thought, why on earth would God come down to earth? Like, why, would, why would someone so perfect come into this broken world? It makes no sense. No, you go off by yourself. And so the family went, and uh, after an hour or so, a massive storm came, and uh, snow was, was beaten against his house. And he lived on this plot of land which had a barn, and uh, f- for a couple of seconds, he would hear this repeated sound of a banging, of a banging on his window. And eventually, as the snow and the, the wind and the snowstorm subsided, he walked out, and he realized that there was a flock of geese that were sitting on his property. He realized that they probably got lost as they were migrating to go to warmer, a warmer climate. And so he thought to himself, maybe if they go into the barn that I have, they can find shelter. They can find some kind of uh, respite, so to speak. And so he tried shooing them into the barn, but to his avail, they were rather scared of his movements. He thought, okay, if I go into the house and I get some bread, crumb, bread and I, I lay a trail for them, maybe they'll find their way into the barn but every movement he made, again, scared them. He thought to himself, these geese are now starting to annoy me. I'm trying to help you out here. And here you are just flop, flying around, flapping around in your distress. He thought to himself, if only I was one of them, then they would look at me and know that it's safe to follow me home. And so he thought to himself, ah, oh, I've got it. Luckily, the man had some geese inside of the, his own barn. So he grabbed his geese and put it in front of him, and then let the geese, his own geese, goose, geese, goose, goose, great Canadian goose, um, 
he let the goose free, and that goose went to its original home. The other geese, this is difficult for me right now, guys. The other geese that were watching saw that goose and followed the goose home. In that moment, the penny dropped. The penny dropped that, ah, because that goose looked like them, walked like them, spoke like them. They were able to follow him. In that moment, he dropped to his knees and thanked God for coming down to look like us, to walk like us, to understand the plight that we go through. Thank God for what he had done for him. This idea that Jesus came into this world to undeniable, unconditional love can be felt is so true. And if that's the case, it means that unconditional love is three things. Unconditional love is seen, it's experienced, and it's known. Unconditional love is seen, experienced, and known. Unconditional love is seen. It's seen in the crib, in the Christmas story, where there was a makeshift crib that was a manger. Luke chapter 2 verse 7 says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Uh, She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Jesus was born into this world full of greed, full of hurt, full of pain, full of suffering. Think about the, the horribleness that we experience in our lives, the depravity that exists where humans have spawned war, where the, 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 the innocence of life has been distorted, where relationships have been broken. Jesus came into this world despite all of that so that we could understand what true love actually looks like. Jesus lying in the crib as an innocent child, his family watching is a beautiful display of love, a visible love. You know, this long-distance relationship is it's long. I don't know if any of you have been in long-distance relationship. It's not fun at all. When Sherry went to university in Hull, that was not a fun experience. This is getting recorded. So Hull is an amazing place to live. <laughs> absolutely, like, wow. God's the center of that universe. It's absolutely amazing, Hull. Hull is Hull, Hull, yeah. <laughs> That long-distance relationship wasn't fun. Then she decided to go to Malaysia for a year and work. I feel like she's probably running away from me, you know. (laughs) But again, that long-distance relationship isn't a fun experience. The the distance between you and the person that you love, the the distance, the working out the time zones and all that kind of stuff is no fun. The separation of distance is no fun. When she came back, the relationship was better. I could see her. I could smell her. I could feel I, I was around her. I was in her presence and her in mine. There's something about being close to the person that you love, and that's exactly what Jesus did for us. No longer did he want a long-distant relationship. He wanted to be close to us. See, we read it straight in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. We get this story where God is walking uh, in the garden. He's walking in the garden, and he calls out to Adam, where are you? Uh, And it denotes that there's an intimacy, there's a closeness between them, that God would walk in the garden, and he he knew Adam was around and would call for him. They wanted, he wanted a conversation, he wanted to be close to him. But this separation, this thing called sin, put a wedge between the relationship of God and mankind. It corrupted our very being, and so God's like, I don't know if we we could work like this, but he saw a way for us to be in relationship again. 
For decades, God is speaking about how he wants to be with his people. Uh, from the, the beginning, of, from the end of the Old Testament in Malachi, all the way to the New Testament, it's about 400 years. And in this time, the people have got to wonder, like, God, where are you? Why, why are you not close to us? Why are you not near us? Why are you so distant? And so for thousands of years, even before that, this idea that the relationship between God and man had been severed, had been separated, mankind is asking, God, where are you? Why are you silent? Why are you distant? Why are you away from me? But love actually came down on that wonderful day. And that evening, God came down, God came down, God came down. And people thought, the people of God would have thought, hey, God is going to come down like some kind of uh, militant figure. He's going to come down like some kind of triumphant king. He's going to come down like a prophet like Moses. He's going to come down like that. But in the silent of a night, he came. No fanfare, no excitement. He was born in dirt, in squalor. This idea that Jesus wasn't born in a grand palace, he wasn't born in, in something that looked fantastic and wonderful, but was born in a manger, a makeshift crib, is a beautiful sight for us because it means that God's love is for every single person, whether you are rich or poor, you're, you're, you're upbeat, you're downtrodden, God's love is expressed, it's visible for you. God's unconditional love is made visible for the crib that night. Unconditional love was made and seen in the flesh. It's also seen in the cross, seen in the cross. Jesus would eventually die on the cross for all of us, a sign for his love for us to redeem, restore, and revive every single one of us. He paid the ultimate price so that we could be in right standing with us, so that our sins could be forgiven. And as a result, it changes every single one of our reality. It changes our lifestyles, our friendships, our relationships, our behaviors, uh, our thoughts, our patterns. It changes everything. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his love towards us, in that whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I love this idea that if, if we needed information, God would have sent an educator. If we needed technology, he would have sent a scientist. If we needed money, he would have sent an economist. If we needed pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But we needed forgiveness. It was forgiveness that we needed, so he sent a savior. Jesus was nailed on a cross with two thieves, one on either side of him, a display of love saying that you can be at the worst of your life. You could be at the worst moment of what you are walking through, but you still have access to God the Father. See, love, unconditional love is not, it's not bought. It's not earned. It's freely given. And that's what Jesus did for us. Not only is it seen in the crib, it's seen on the cross, but it is also seen on the crown. It's seen in the crown. Jesus is our risen king. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And he had proved purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of, the, of majesty in heaven. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one, Christ, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. In Revelation 19, we read this beautiful fact that Jesus is known as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which denotes to us that every single lordship, every single king that is to come, was to come, might be coming, is nothing compared to King Jesus. That every knee, every, every tongue will confess that he is, he is, he is, he is, he is king. I don't know if you've watched The Crown. 
Um, we've recently finished part one of the latest season. And uh, you watch it and you, it gives you a, a little bit of a glimpse of what royal life is like, right? You think that royal family is hard work. It's not easy. You have to be prim and proper, you know, you, you, you're serving the country, this, that, and the other. And this little glimpse that we get into royalty, this little glimpse that we get into what it's like to be king, pales into, compels into nothing in comparison when it comes to God. Our King Jesus is all majestic, all powerful, all conquering. There's no one, no one, no one, no one like him. He is all powerful. That is the Jesus that we serve. Not only is love seen, it is experienced. It is experienced. It's experienced in his righteousness. Righteousness is the quality of being morally right or justifiable. And the truth is that you and I, we, are, we, we don't have righteousness from our own self. When sin entered the world, it, it corrupted our very being. So the only one, the only person who is righteous is God. Yeah. And we can't impose righteousness onto ourselves. And so when God sees us before Christ, he sees our sin. He sees the dirtiness. He sees the darkness on our souls. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross for us, God no longer sees our sin. He sees Jesus on top of us, which means that we now have his righteousness on top of us. The righteousness has been counted towards us, which means now in the eyes of God, we have been made righteous. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We deserve punishment, the Bible tells us. But because of the sacrifice that Jesus has made, we have been made perfect. Philippians 3 verse 8 to 9 gives an indication to this where it says, what is more, uh, what is more, I consider everything at loss because of the suppressing, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and, I, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. See, the righteousness from a Christian point of view means that we can spend eternity in the presence of God who is holy, who is pure, who is righteous and kind and gentle. We can spend eternity with the righteous one. It's because of this we've been adopted into God's family. We've been adopted into his family, which means we can walk with our heads held up high, knowing that we're in his family. Ephesians 1 verse 4 to 6 speaks to that. And 1 John 3 verse 1 speaks, says that, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. How beautiful is that thought? That no longer are you pushed away and banished. You are called a child of God. It's experienced not only in his righteousness, but also in this, your story, in your revised story. Which means that you have a story to tell of what he's done in your life. A couple of weeks ago, we baptized 20 people who were saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. They were saying that my old life is, I'm forfeiting, I'm, I'm stepping towards Jesus. And uh, every time, every time it comes to baptisms, without fail, I start crying. And I said to myself, Reg, this time you're going to be on stage, hold it together. Like, seriously, hold it together. 8.45 came and a tear nearly came, but I held it together. 10.30 came and it was, 
voice started shaking. I thought, no, no, hold it together, hold it together. 12.15 came, and I don't know what, I think it was like the build-up of holding it together. I started reading one person's uh, testimony, and I just broke. Like, because of the idea that a life was once going down a dark path, where they didn't, they, and they couldn't make heads or tails of where they were going where darkness seemed to encompass their whole being and their whole thoughts. And then they had an encounter with Jesus, and it changed everything. And I don't know about you, but when you hear other people's testimony, you're reminded of what God has done for you. And you know that your life would have been... It would have been rubbish, to say the least. Like from a society's point of view, it might have been okay, but you know deep inside that that little boy who was unsure about himself, was a bit confused about who he could be in the future, Jesus stepped into his life and changed everything. You read these testimonies, you're like, everyone has a, has a testimony to tell, has a, has a story to tell. You've experienced God's love. You've experienced what it means to, to, to know how good he is and how powerful he is. It's why when he heals the people, the blind man, the blind men in Matthew chapter 9, they, they, they were shouting for healing. But the moment they find healing, they start shouting about their healing. They start telling people about what he's done. It's why when Jesus heals the man who's possessed by demons in Mark chapter 5, who's been chained in the tombs, who's been put aside, no longer is he chained to his past, but he's free. And so he tells everyone around what Jesus has done. It's why in why is the case in Luke chapter 19, he runs ahead of uh, Jesus' company, climbs a tree to see, to, to experience who Jesus is. And Jesus says, I want to go to your house. And he says, okay, fine. They have an encounter together where his life is completely turned around. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give away what I've I've done. The, the wrong that I've done, I need to write it. His life is changed. It's why the woman at the well in John chapter 4, who is being ostracized by society, pushed to one side. She has an encounter with Jesus. Jesus speaks truth to her, 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 her world and her life. And everything changes as a result. She now goes back into the same town that shunned her and pushed her to one side. Because she's experienced Jesus, she has the confidence to go back. Unconditional love is not only seen, but it is experienced. Lastly, unconditional love is also known. This person called Jesus, his love can be known to you. It can be known to every single one of us. We just have to spend time with him to get to know who he is. Yeah, if you wanted to get to know me, I, I will give you maybe three questions, and you'll get to know me a little bit better. If I said to Martin, Martin, what is my favorite meat to eat around Christmas time? He would say... He doesn't know me. Gowan, what would it be? <laughs> lamb. Yes, lamb would be the answer. <laughs> lamb. It is lamb. Lamb. Pork. Pork is okay, but lamb. Huh. So when you, when you get to know me, you get to know these things about me. If I was to ask Martin this question, how long did it take for surgery on my right leg? I'll give you multiple choice <laughs> to help you out. Was it 2.5 hours? Was it 5 hours or was it 7 hours? No, it was five hours, Martin. Five hours, Martin. Third question, Martin. You're not doing too well. I don't think you know me quite well. I fell on the railing spike. 
what side of my body do I have the scars on? My left or my right? Make it easier now. Left, well done. See, when you get to know me, you get to know parts about who I am. In the same way, when you get to know God, you get to know his love as well. Knowing him means that there's, there's healing. Knowing God's love means that there's freedom. Knowing God's love means that there's enough for every single one of us in this room. Knowing God's love means that we can experience who he is. I love this idea that we can rest in him. We can spend time with him. We, get to, we can get to know him because he doesn't sleep or slumber. We get to be with him every single moment. His love can be known to you. True love is unconditional. It's not earned, friends. It can be seen, it can be experienced, and it can be known. Lastly, it can be missed if we're not careful. It can be missed if we are not careful. In December 1903, after many attempts, the Wright brothers have finally got their plane working, and they've flown some distance, and so they messaged their sister Catherine and said, it's worked, we're flying, it's good news, we've, we've, we've done it, we've flown, and we'll be home for Christmas. Catherine run, ran to the editor, the newspaper editor, showed, them the, showed him the note, and he said, fantastic, that's great, they're going to be home for Christmas. He completely missed the fact that aviation had actually taken place. When Gareth Southgate missed that penalty, when Harry Kane, when Harry Kane missed that penalty, opportunity for success, opportunity for something better, opportunity for something grander was missed. Please don't miss the moment of experiencing God's love. Why don't you stand today with me? John chapter 1 verse 14 so the word became flesh made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we've seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son God made his home amongst us this Christmas time so that the gift of unconditional love can be experienced by you regardless of what you're walking through regardless of what you are facing God's unconditional love is readily available for you you just have to reach out take it and accept it and with every head bowed and every eyes closed if you are saying to me this morning Reg I want to experience the love true love of God I want to experience what it means to be loved by him I want to, I want to, I want to see his love I want to, I want to know his love I want to experience his love just raise your hand so I know who I am praying for. You're saying in this moment, I want to know God's love. I see your hand. I see your hand. You say in this moment, I want to know the love of Jesus for myself, not because of my family, not because of my friends, because he as an, in, as an individual, he gives me his love. Fantastic. If you're saying this prayer, let me pray with you first. Father, I thank you for every person who raised their hand. Father, I thank you that as an individual, you know them, you care for them, you're for them. Father, I pray in this moment that they will see your love played out in their lives. That as they look back at their history, they will know that it's been transformed and changed to your story. 
God, I pray that as they look forward, they see what you have in store for them. I pray your peace to be with them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Just repeat these, these words after me. Father, I thank you for your son. Thank you that he came, died, and rose again so that I can have a relationship with you. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Help me be the person you want me to be. Holy Spirit, come and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.